It is December 12th, 2018. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Justin Labar and Nick Hausman. Today, going to talk SmackDown Live from December 11th. Nick, how's it going, man? It's great! Well, you can't beat that. Justin, how are you? No, my... Uh, look, look, Glenn, I have fireworks in the background. <laughs> if, if, you, if, if, you, if you really did have some pyrotechnics coming, that would make a full entrance. I brought pyro to the show today. <laughs> one second it's well, got to play out i paid for a full 10 seconds of pyro there it is more, more than more than what WWE pays for uh glenn i'm good i'm not as, I'm not as enthusiastic as nick this morning but uh but i'm good i was gonna say you should be a one-up or you know have some flash pots some gunpowder and a light switch uh behind you you know just make make the don't, magic happen don't dare me for those yes. of you that are listening to this in podcast form i have these smart lights over my shoulder here that i'd completely forgotten i i owned and uh, Justin and I were playing around with him before Glenn joined, and we decided ah. to surprise him. That's why I was so excited to do this show. It's very exciting. Uh, I bought smart lights last year. I bought smart thermometer, and now I have to buy smart plugs to reset the smart lights and smart thermometer and smart cameras that constantly uh, malfunction that I have to reset. That, so, they're a headache. We're living in the future. Uh, Nick, we're getting ready to talk about SmackDown. Could you please make the lights blue? Oh, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. One second. I, I do. I have a, a variety of things I can do here. Let's set them all to blue. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Great continuity. We <laughs> we're, we're, we're really enticing the audio only listeners to have to get on this live. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, this is great. I'm really excited. I remembered I had these in this room. I moved a whole bunch of stuff around. I was like, oh, cool. There we go. Yeah. Uh, Smackdown Live last night. Great video package opening the show. Just touting the rematch. Charlotte, Asuka, what we were going to see uh, with um, Daniel Bryan, Mustafa Ali, really building the show, opening with the Daniel Mustafa promo. I like to give it a bit of a story. Love that they did the match. Wish Mustafa had entered wearing his full gear, because I think for this exposure to a wider audience, what better time than to rock the Sub-Zero outfit? I, I, I saw your tweet about that. And yeah. You're not wrong because he is like so known for the light thing now. I think the reason they didn't do it though is because they knew he was going right into to promo segment yeah. there. And it, as cool as the light stuff is for the entrance, it you know if he's standing there in the ring with Daniel Bryan and he's got like you know uh, these lights across his chest and he's like what's he holding the helmet on his side? It I mean he looked he looked like a wrestler here. I think this was the way to present him in this. But uh, in this situation, but uh, yes, I also miss the lights. But then they could have used my suggestion for the transition. Daniel could have said, Mustafa, let me ask you a question. Are those rechargeable batteries? Mm. Then boom. Yeah, really laid What's in. They went the SUV route, you know. Yeah. What's, Just more impressive? Would... Yeah. What's more impressive, Mustafa Ali's lights in his entrance or Nick Hausman's smart lights? Sure. I don't want to do, do the fireworks again. I'm not going to burn this gimmick out. Um, um, no, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was a great start. You know, I... I um, I, I think it, on the criteria of a fresh open, meaning something we haven't seen rehashed, uh, on, on the criteria of freshness, on the criteria of uh, advancing story and characters, on the criteria of segueing into the next segment, which ended up being a match. I mean, I, I, pretty much anything we would we would week to week judge our segments on, this has to be a top three uh, opening segment since SmackDown's gone live. Hundred percent, hundred percent agree. Uh, Mustafa Ali is really uh just waiting for the right opportunity i felt like this was it for him you know he uh if you know his story he's worked so hard to get here he really stands for something different you know and then he works his butt off uh always you know making his craft his style a lot better in the ring uh really stood out in 205 live it was interesting though because like you know i did work with ali here in chicago and i was his manager and the reason i was his manager is because at the time ali was not a very strong talker so I was particularly interested to see how he held himself here with Daniel. I don't know that I'd give him an A+. Plus. He's still – I wish he was just a little more forceful. It's no no knockout, Lee. But, uh, you know, he was, he was very good here. And as soon as, of course, the bell rings, he's, you know, off into a different direction. I just want to see a little bit more forcefulness. He did kind of seem like he got pushed around here uh, in, the, in the battle of words with Daniel Bryan. Not to – I guess that's a huge surprise. Nick, he was a police officer too, wasn't he? He was a cop. My favorite story ever was uh, of, of Ali's who showed up before a show. And I was like, hey, Ali, how was your day? And he's like, yeah, me and 40 other guys did a, a drug bust. We like burst in the door <laughs> of the house with like guns and like uh, military rolled. And I was like, cool. I, I, 
I think I wrote about Alberto Del Rio and Page today. I don't know. Um, he's he's the real deal. He's a badass. He's got a beautiful family. Um, I don't know. You know, when I got paired with him originally, we were. I thought we were going to do like a. Uh, at the time, I'd managed a couple sheiks, and he was very blunt about not wanting to do anything like that. He's just you managed a couple sheiks. I did. Um, uh, and uh, and he didn't want to. He did. He he did not want to do the stereotypical Middle Eastern type character. And uh, we had a lot of fun together. He he just wants to be the best. He wants to be Mustafa Ali, best wrestler in the world. And uh, this was the first time I really feel like he got to shine a little bit in that light. And I hope he gets more opportunities like this. It was great. And I love Daniel Bryan with the transition, the SUV thing. Thought that was uh, very clever. Yeah. How yeah, they did it. Yeah. Yeah, and the match was good. The match uh, was very solid. Very good. Uh, of course, Daniel Bryan won. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tapped he, out. But, I mean, this was the full first half hour of the show. I thought it was great that they gave these guys some time to tell a little bit of a story. You know, each of these guys have featured matches here coming up at TLC. The, I, my, my worry when I heard this match was going to be announced was that it wasn't going to happen. Like, Ali mm. seemed like the kind of guy that could be – Daniel Bryan takes him out before the match. Somebody else is like, you know, maybe Buddy Murphy gets in there, but they let him go. And uh, they, they had a great, they had a great match. I wonder if Daniel Bryan wanted this match. That was kind of in the back of my head uh, while that was going on. I I wonder the same thing. If Bryan said, look, you know, let let me go out there. I can give him a rub just by being the, you know, just by being in a match with me and competing and, 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 you know, we can tear the house down. But what a week, what a week, what a, what a two days it is for 205 Live to have, you know, Leo Rush featured the way he was and then, and then, and then this. So, I mean, this, this is kind of like, this makes sense, you know, I mean, especially considering, I mean, this, this, this makes sense, you know, ever since 205 Live got taken off of being featured on Raw, and, and that's, that's right at the same time we, we, uh, we learned that the Triple H took more control of the week to week show of 205 Live. Um, you know, we don't really, you know, it's, it's just, it's been kind of, it's been totally its own separate show, its own separate brand. I mean, they, they acknowledged obviously Leo Rush when he started managing Bobby Lashley, that he's from 205 Live. And they acknowledged uh, Drake Maverick when he came with AOP that he was on 205 Live. But really it was just, that was it. There was no crossover. So this makes a lot of sense, um, especially in the situation. It's, it's, I mean, I guess it's a little bit odd, but I think it, I think it works to have um, a Mustafa Ali up against a Daniel Bryan, a guy who, let's, let's face it, Daniel Bryan could be in 205 Live if they wanted him to be. Well, Obviously, he's not going to be, but he, but he's of that stat, uh, uh, in that weight class. So, um, so you know, so it's a guy that Mustafa Ali can work with. You know, I mean, Leo Rush can't do the same kind of match with Elias that he might do with Mustafa Ali. Granted, the match with Elias was really good for what it needed to be, um, but I think this, this was smart. This was a really well-done open uh, SmackDown. It is really kind of interesting, though, that like Daniel Bryan's got to be, I don't know, maybe a little, he could be over 205 live, but he could be essentially a cruiserweight with his size. Why don't you just take a guy or some of these guys with real talent and charisma that are sitting in 205 live right now and try them out on, on, on these main rosters? I think that there's a lot of guys right now at 205 live that would really pop if given well, I, the chance that's to. What I mean. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I mean. You know, it, it was one thing, you know, it was one thing back in the day in WCW, like 96 WCW, it was one thing. To, let, to have the cruiserweights be kind of like a hardened weight class where only cruiserweights fought cruiserweights, right? And, and, and it worked because it was pretty innovative and because the other side of the card at WCW was these was, was Hall and Nash and these guys that weren't going to work that style. But in today's WWE, it makes no sense to pigeonhole and say these guys are only in this weight class because it makes them seem inferior when half the guys on the, on the, the, the heavyweights or half the guys that are everywhere else on the roster are either Daniel Bryan, Finn Balor type size that could pass a 205 Live, or there may be bigger guys like Kevin Owens who still can work a 205 Live style if asked to. So it, it, it does no does no favors to the 205 Live brand to keep them quarantined. Let them mix and mingle like this. You know they can still be part of the 205 Live show, but let them mix and mingle because otherwise they just you're just saying all oh, these guys are 205 or less and they're inferior to everybody else. Well, do the gimmick and have the weigh in, and it's like sorry, you're 208 this week. You got to go out there and have a match with Rusev. <laughs> and I almost wonder too, though, if like you, you know, two hundred five live. Maybe they pigeonholed themselves too much on the weight class thing. I almost wonder if you couldn't just start calling it cruiserweight Wednesdays or something. That's a pretty bad name. But what, like, uh, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> the CW network. Uh, but uh, you know, you have you call it the cruiserweight show or something. You get away from the the weight class thing because I do think that there's a way you could uh, naturally navigate guys from working lightweight that- live. Sure, oh, lightweight live. 
Sure, sure. Uh, but that, you know, with that exact 205 weight limit, I agree. There's always going to be that stigma of, oh, well, I guess, you know, if you want to be on the main roster, you got to be a bigger guy or whatever it may be, you know? Yeah. But uh, let me say what's different about Mustafa Ali versus Daniel Bryan. Uh, this was a serious match. It made Mustafa look really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Leo Rush, I mean, he was kind of in an Ellsworthian spot against Elias, getting tossed around, ragdolled. Drake Maverick very much played for comedy with AOP. Yeah. This was a serious cruiserweight competitor in a showcase match last night. He was not the butt of the joke. It was not comedy. This was legit action, and I think yeah. it was a very good spotlight. Yeah, exactly. And and I think you're getting to the point here where we're saying that these guys should all be treated like that because, yeah, looking yeah. back at Leo Rush, you know, I just well, there was watching Leo Rush in a, a, a PWG match online the other day, and I was like, man, uh, it was him and Ricochet. I was like, these guys could go. And then you look at what he's doing on Monday Night Raw right now, and it does seem a little – you know, disparate as far as potential goes. Well, Leo Rush's show, Rush yeah. showing obviously was not as not as good as Mustafa Ali's, but it will. But at least, at least in the few moments that Leo Rush did get some offense on Elias, it was it was very, it was it was really impressive offense. It was his style of offense. So at least they let him. At least when they gave him the you know the, the moment to shine in the match, it was yeah. And again though, but like Leo Rush, like I brought up with Ali uh, earlier, Ali shines brightest in the ring when the bell rings, right? Again, I don't want to say that he did badly on the mic because I think he carried himself is is very well on the mic, but he doesn't carry himself like a Leo Rush guy who that he he gets that right. He's he's sharp in that area, and maybe that's why they don't focus as hard on the in ring because. They know he is so strong on the mic. Well, know? then, you know, Nick, why aren't you calling Mustafa Ali and doing your Leo Rush impression and coaching Mustafa to talk more like Leo Rush? Bird chest! Bird chest! Ali deserves to shine on his own. He doesn't need him. Ah, okay. He doesn't need could him. You, could, you imagine, could you imagine Leo Rush in that promo with Daniel Bryan arguing about, like, like, like Daniel Bryan accusing Leo Rush of all of his uh, environment uh, offenses? Like, that, that, that could be some... <laughs> oh, Sure. I, I mean, I just, I just think it's weird that Leo Rush and Lashley are just anti-button down shirts. They wear enough vests, and jackets. It's like I don't know. Feels gr- I hate that stuff on my skin. Anyway, <laughs> I, need, I need a nice button down piece of cloth. <laughs> well, we learned something new every Wednesday here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Um, yeah. So heel hook. Daniel Bryan got the submission win on that, and then Daniel Bryan beat up Mustafa Ali some more on the ramp. Um, took the title, raised it. The crowd was booing him like this. This is working. This heel turn. Oh, it's fun to be, you know, but he's a fun guy to boo. Like it's fun to boo Daniel Bryan. You cheered him for so long and now you want to boo him. It's different. I'm, I'm going to show up at an event with the big sign when they're in the Bay Area and just be like, Daniel Bryan makes some very valid points. Go vegan. You probably rip your sign up because he's just a yeah. dick, right? He's just yeah. a dick. Yeah. There you um, have it. Uh, but no, I thought, no, wait, but Ali's facing Buddy Murphy at TLC for the title, right? No. Um no, not? I think he is. Let me find out. Okay. I can I can look this up. I should know what I'm talking about. I don't think he is. Maybe he is. I could be entirely wrong. Now I'm second guessing myself. Anyway, I'm looking. Um No, maybe. uh Cedric Alexander. Cedric Alexander. Oh, okay. That's weird. Interesting. I thought it was Ali. He was at the last pay-per-view I know. Yeah. Yeah, it is That's... Cedric's buddy. Good on him. Good on him getting the spot. Um rap battle last night. See, I thought it was going to be the New Day versus the Usos again with Cesaro and Sheamus moderating, but instead it was Cesaro and Sheamus freestyle rapping against Jimmy and Jay Uso with the New Day moderating, because clearly that makes the most sense. Uh, Justin, how do you think this measured up to the last rap battle we saw on SmackDown Live? Uh, I don't even know how to measure a rap battle. I mean, I'll say the Usos actually uh, were pretty impressive in their, their Usos are great. And rhyming. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's weird. <laughs> As I said last week, that this has a match. This match has the potential that they're going to try to steal the show at TLC, and they still will. And then, you know, uh, I think maybe Nick and I were talking about this last week at some point. You know, you know, Papa Ray Dudley goes on, um, you know, or he's on, you know, regularly on, on Busted Open on Sirius Radio, and, and he said, like, you know, these three teams they have the chemistry. Um, you know, they have they have the chemistry, which was the magic, of what, what it was between the Dudleys, Edge and Christian, and the Hardys. You know, and I just when I hear all that and I think about that and I get myself revved up for the TLC match. I'm just kind of the match at TLC. I'm just kind of like, I don't think, you know, I don't know if Edge and Christian Hardys and Bubba, Bubba and Devon ever would have been doing rap battles. I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's well, Edge and Christian were goofballs. The, yeah. Hard, the Hardys kind of were at that point personality bland, right? You know, yeah. um, it is what it is. I mean, you know, Seamus and Cesaro acted stupid. The, the funniest thing about watching the rap battle is, that, like I said, the New Day or the Usos are actually like kind of legitimately good. 
the funniest thing is watching the New Day's reactions, both when they're listening to Seamus and Cesar. Like, and it's, it's watching the reactions, not when the camera's solely focused on them. It's watching them when you just see them in the background and, and you know that you're catching their, their real reactions to hearing uh, either the really bad rapping of Seamus and Cesaro or the pretty clever rapping of Deuce. So I, I, that's all I got for that. I'm not, I don't have much more, I don't have much more uh, eight mile analysis in me here. I mean, yes. yeah, I, just, look, all I want is for Seamus and Cesaro to just keep wearing the track suits and the gold chains. They look far more thuggish, right? Like they kind of look like somebody that your, your uncle maybe would send after somebody, you know what I mean? Um, and, uh, I thought they were hilarious doing their like vanilla eyes. Shame, shame, baby. I, I'm a dummy. The opening of the show was so hot. Uh, it had so much intensity. I, I was willing to go along for the ride here. I thought these guys were all great. And yeah, I'm with you. The match on Sunday will be fine. It, they didn't need to do much more here. So this erupted into fisticuffs, everybody beating up everybody. And uh, Seamus and Cesaro raising the titles in the middle of the ring, standing tall, using the Raj Giri prediction algorithm. This means they are not going to retain Sunday at TLC. Yeah, Baron Corbin, by the way, I know this isn't the Raw review, but he lost in the main event on Monday, so he's going to stay as GM, oh. right? He's going to win? Is that the, the seesaw of that? With Braun, with Braun injured, it seems like it would make sense. And they seem very – I mean, who's going to replace Corbin if he leaves? Yeah, but he, also, but, but he also stood tall. I think the algorithm matters if you stand tall over the opponent you're going to have. Like, you know, so when we apply it later to Asuka, or we can apply it later to Rusev, but like hmm. – when you apply it, I, I, you know, Baron Corbin stood tall, but didn't, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, you know, I, I think we haven't seen Braun. So I think I, I could, if, the, if the match is still going to happen, I can see Braun coming out there and just bulldozing him. Yeah, possibly. I mean, for sure. I could see it going either way. It just seems a little, I don't know if they'd have him lose twice in a row in two different TLC matches. That seems a little weird to me, but mm, who knows? Asuka backstage cutting a promo for her match with Charlotte. Her promo skills have gotten a lot better. Don't you guys think? Yeah, she's got. She cares about something. <laughs> stakes. They've given her stakes. Yes, of course. She's much better in those circumstances. Wonderful. Justin, do you attribute it to her uh, partnerships with the Miz? Maybe in the mixed match challenge. I, I mean, I guess it couldn't hurt. I really hadn't thought about that. I mean, I guess it, you know, if you're if, if they really are spending a lot of time together, I guess it doesn't hurt to be around one, one of the best promo guys in the business. I, I think more. It's more like Nick said. I think it's you know she she's. Uh, She's she's all. I mean, she has a good personality in general. I agree. Um, both the character and uh, her in real life. I, I think it's like what Nick said. Though. It's just a matter of needing just needing something to apply it to. It's like mm-hmm. you know what 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 do you what do you cut a promo about when you're just kind of floating around in obscurity or, or you're randomly tagging with Naomi or whatever. But now <laughs> now she's she's in the thick of of, <laughs> of the most important. Yeah, and you know, you look back at her streak, and I think it's easy to say, well, if you never lose, of course, you're going to get over. But it, I think there were stakes there, right? Because every time she came out, she was defending that streak, right? And that brought out an intensity in her, right? You know, you're not ready for Asuka. No one's ready for Asuka. That works when you don't lose, right? As soon as you take that away, you know, now you're, you're – is it the title hunt? Is it another feud? Uh, they, they took away what I think really worked for her, which was keeping stakes on all of her matches. I, that's why I agree again. Yeah, we we are seeing this out of her now because there's stakes. I th- I think she's. I think there's a good chance she walks away with the title on on Sunday. It's possible. It is the WWE, so who knows? I'm sure they'll be uh, making the final decision moments before the match actually starts. Mm. Check check those betting odds. Yeah, well, it's different for the women though, right? Like with the <laughs> women, I feel like they're doing they're thinking a little bit further out uh, with the women. I don't know with the men. I would agree with you. Like the Baron Corbin thing, they could just be like, Broad, go out there, beat him. Broad, eh, stay back here. Wait, let him grab the gun. Yeah. You know the women. I think they do have plans for. I think that I think that there's some method to this mayhem. I think as fans, we convince ourselves that a lot, and then we get disappointed when it doesn't go the way we think it's going to go. Well, but just because it doesn't go the way you think it's going to go doesn't make it bad. I like to be surprised. That's fine. Um, yeah, if it makes I, sense. Yeah, I think considering who we're dealing with here, with uh, and they already had their, their they've already had their bout of detours with Becky, obviously last mm. month, and everything. I think after that batch of detours, pending no other, and I'm knocking on wood right here, pending no other major injury or setback, I think when you're talking about Becky Lynch and Charlotte and, and that title on that show. I think they probably, you know, it might, it might still be in pencil, but it's probably going to get ready to get moved to pen. I, I think they're pretty sure they Hope know so. where they want to go between now and Mania. 
Yeah, uh, I, I think I, I, I think they've set that down. So again, unless something really comes in and throws another another you know roadblock, I, I think they they already know what's happening this Sunday. They know what's happening at Rome. I think they have that pretty much down. Yeah, that'd be cool. And it, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the injuries the the women's roster has not been plagued with the same injuries as the men's roster, right? I can't think of a major woman right now that's out other than Alexa. I take that right. back. Alexa Bliss. Well, back- I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm just referring after 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 having to scratch the Becky Ronda match of Survivor Series, right? A shark, I, I'm saying, and then and then what? You know how Becky's caught fire, where Nia might play in the fact. I'm, I'm talking combining the two shows here. I think they pretty much for all the major players and the women. I think they pretty much have that plan ready yeah. to go. Yeah. Let's hope. Uh, let's take a moment. Thank the sponsor of this episode, which is SeatGeek. Getting tickets online can be far too complicated. With hundreds of sites of varying levels of reliability, it's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. Oh my God. You know, I'm traveling lately. Went and saw a network on Broadway. Use SeatGeek to get those tickets. Mostly sold out show. SeatGeek got me in, got me great seats. Brian Cranston in network. It was fantastic. Once in a lifetime opportunity, SeatGeek made that possible for me to see it on the Great White Way. And SeatGeek can help you. They have millions of tickets in one place. So you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing like being there in person. And SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. Uh, I tell you, I'm going to see Dear Evan Hansen this week. That was a SeatGeek purchase. Got me great seats to see that when it comes to San Francisco. Been using it for all my concerts this year. It has really streamlined the process. I had to go back to buying tickets the quote-unquote traditional way. And uh, it was an absolute nightmare. SeatGeek is where it is at. They search multiple ticket sites and grade every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. And... Best of all, every purchase is fully guaranteed. So you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything from sports to comedy, theater, and professional wrestling. I've got SeatGeek on my phone. It's the easiest way i found to shop for tickets. Been using it for everything. Been using it to go see Robbie Williams in Las Vegas next year. So excited about that. His first North American dates in 20 years. SeatGeek is going to get me there. And... Best of all, our listeners can get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code INC today, and you'll save $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. So again, only with that promo code INC, SeatGeek, life's an event, and they have the tickets. We thank them for sponsoring the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Longtime sponsor, SeatGeek. So gr- glad to have them throughout most of this year, 2018. Look forward to working with them next year. Download SeatGeek, promo code INC today. Save $10 off that first purchase, and SeatGeek will get you in. So uh, what's going on with The Miz and Shane McMahon? We were talking about this on Twitter. Miz, with that World Cup trophy, trying to get Shane to be the co-besties, the tag team, um nick painful is this painful now jesus so negative no i like this this is i mean you know this is different miz is out of his gourd he looks like an ant person um i like (laughs) i like that for whatever reason he's become obsessed with like somehow becoming a mcmahon family member uh it doesn't bug me and i think you know this this tag match that we got to here in just a second um I don't know. I, you know the fact I don't really know fully where this is going, but I know that there's something going on. Kind of keeps me on the hook. It's weird. It's different. I don't dislike this. It's obviously, you're very negative on it, but I didn't dislike this. Because so the Miz shouldn't be so thirsty, as the kids say. But that's the thing: is why, why, why is he? What's going on here? I have questions. You know, I want to figure out what's going on. I don't know, Justin. Do you think it would be better if uh, Miz starts doing a little more of the Vince mannerisms? We saw him drop a little bit of that last night, but go full on McMahon in trying to get this. I don't see that it could be a bad thing. I think this is the kind of comedy that people tend to that has proven that it works. Everybody, lo- you know, Vin- Vince is you know Vince is kind of the this. He's not my- mysterious is not the word, but Vince is just such a figure. He's just such a personality. Uh, hence why fans can can bitch about him around the clock and about and blame him for his booking. But the moment they hear that music as a surprise appearance by him, ra- rare anymore, they're doing the this and they're cheering because you know he's he's just he's Vince. So I think you know it's proven that when people do the impersonations of him every now and again, it always gets over with people. So I, I think a like like Nick said, you don't know where this is going, so that kind of keeps me interested. Like I, I can't say oh this is obvious what they're setting up for because that's, that's not. Yeah, and I um, like that. I, I like that know, I don't see the obvious like setup for this. I'm like, okay, I, why are you yeah. guys acting weird? You know, I like it. Um, Miz can pull it off, and you know, maybe if I if I'm to predict, maybe what they're trying to do is that uh, obviously he's you know transitioning to a baby face. 
Uh, I still think that we could see Miz versus Brian. It'll just be the opposite. Brian's the heel, Miz is the face. And so mm. maybe Miz, Miz palling around with Shane McMahon, who everybody loves Shane. I don't really ever hear of anybody bitching about yeah. Shane. So everybody kind of loves Shane. So Shane can almost give like a babyface rub to him. And then, and then, and then endear, and then Miz endearing himself, uh, not only by good performances in the ring, but by being able to make the crowd pop and, you know, impersonating uh, the McMahon. That might be enough just to make sure that people know, okay, you got to cheer for the Miz now. You're booing Daniel Bryan. Daniel's, Bryan's doing his part to get people to boo him. Now we got to make sure everybody knows the Miz, who's been such a great heel for them for so many years. Okay, it's time to like the Miz now. I can't wait for uh, the Miz in advance of WrestleMania's match with Daniel Bryan to go out and cut a promo and be Daniel. It's not that these people don't recognize what's wrong with the world. They're just trying to weigh their global obligation versus their personal obligations. And we're hoping science will find a cure. You know, it's going to go out there and really bring it to Daniel in advance of that match. I think it would be a great segment if we, if, you know, since they always, since there's a lot, seems to be a lot of crossover and a lot of all the big names come out on the road to Mania. I think it would be great if, if, if Miz kind of continues with this, if at some point in the road to Mania we have a segment of that has both Stephanie and Shane, you know, both of them are on the same show one night, and if Miz comes out and, and tries to act like, and tries to get involved in the sibling rivalry as if he's a sibling, I think. I would love to see I, that. You know, I think there's a lot of potential if, 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 that's, if, this, is, if, this, is, if this is a long-term thing. then Maybe he's trying to get in Vince's will, you know? <laughs> These are better angles than what we're seeing on TV. Well, this I want to see. That's the thing is right now, I don't want to say this is bad because look at all the fun directions we think it could go. Now, it could go very badly, but I've enjoyed – largely the Miz goes out and does good work. Um, his storylines are usually fun. They, they traditionally have some kind of payoff where he gets his ass kicked. It's probably going to be flipped this time. Yeah? I, I could see sooner than later the Miz um, – Slipping a hundred dollar bill in the pocket of uh, of the ring announcer Greg Hamilton and, and him being introduced as Ms. McMahon. Yeah. Oh, wonderful! <laughs> and it's like, why? Yeah, what what is going through this guy's head right now? You know, why does he want to be a McMahon? I don't get it. Maybe he's trying to put up a long term plan for his daughter, right? Or he's like, if I get that McMahon money, we're set, Maurice. I'll just become a McMahon, and he loses <laughs> his mind. <laughs> I I hope the story is going in this direction instead here i am seeing the miz the a-lister jake carter from the marine franchise just debase himself in the name of friendship with shane mcmahon by the way i did an interview with johnny impact yesterday glenn and i brought up the marine six because he does the boon the bounty hunter series right oh and uh, i was like how cool would it be to see you guys reunite on screen yeah right and he goes oh yeah and he was like all about it. he's like yeah the Bo boon and the marine could could Pair up, and I was like, oh. "Might want to watch the Marine Six first, buddy." <laughs> I was like, "Have you seen the movie?" And he's like, "No." And I was like, "Gotta watch the movie." Then you know, no, they're gonna pull like a Fast and the Furious with Han. Like the Marine Six takes place last, but seven, eight, and nine are gonna all be before six. They'll get there eventually. I think that's the long-term booking of the Marine franchise. Yes, <sighs> man. Yeah. Ah, uh, so uh, the Vegas boys went against the Miz and Shane McMahon. The Miz uh, made out with the best in the world trophy while uh, Shane beat the crap out of these guys. No, wait, did, why did one of the Vegas boys have Bret Hart's logo on his butt? Did everybody else notice that? Corey Graves call, called him out for it. Why? <laughs> Corey, Cor, Corey Graves said he said something to the effect of, this guy looks tough. He's got Bret Hart's logo on his tights. Why? I didn't get it. I was like, is, is, did he train with the hearts? I didn't notice him. I didn't recognize him. Oh, mm. uh, so Paige uh, was irate that this match happened. Vegas boys invo invoiced her for five thousand each. The Miz said it was cool though, uh, and uh, they weren't strippery enough for me. They uh, were like PG strippers, and I wanted like I wanted oil. You're in Vegas. Point taken. Uh, Page Online blamed uh, Naomi and Mandy Rose having their match cut on The Miz and his behavior. Yeah. So it's continuity. Naomi, just... Na Na Naomi was on a retweet mission about all of her fans who were pissed that that match didn't happen. Naomi's very good at social media. And she's, you know what she's very good at is trying to continue whatever half-assed storyline they give her on TV. She tries to flesh it out herself on social media. I really respect that. Well, if you watch Total Divas, you know that she's always pushing her character and her storylines forward, and sometimes to her detriment. So, yeah. I mean, what else are you gonna do? I'm sure catering is lovely, but you know, hey, she, you know, it was it was cool on the show to see how she like pushed for the glow gimmick, and like they weren't for it, and then they gave it a shot. Now she's built it into a, her whole like persona 
I, you know, yeah. she's a lot of good stuff. She's very creative. Uh, I can see why she's working the, the game here. She knows how to play it. I think Naomi's fantastic. Uh, after that, Randy Orton cut a promo talking about how great steel chairs are ahead of his match, his chairs match against Rey Mysterio at TLC on Sunday. And this led to Rusev and Jeff Hardy versus Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura, a tag match that kind of makes sense. Kind of. Uh, but before that, Carmella and R-Truth, dance break. That's still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, wait, they're in the finals for the Mixed Match Challenge, right? Well, they're, they're, I'm pretty sure they're winning. They've been promoted, and they've had the most consistency of any team in this entire oh, thing. There's no way R-Truth is number 30, right? Somebody's going to beat him up, take him out, buy it from him. That seems like the most anticlimactic Royal <laughs> R-Truth will sell it to the Shining Stars for a timeshare in Puerto Rico. I forgot Carmel, that actually. Carmella's fine at 30. She's it's kind of like her money in the bank type deal. But yeah, our truth will definitely trade it away. Yeah. No. That just seems obvious. But who's gonna win? Every other team keeps changing. <laughs> True. Yeah. Well, I'm of, the, I'm of the belief that they'll just pretend that we all forget about this because nobody's watching. They won't even live, they won't even stick to this whole 30 thing. It won't even matter. Yeah. And they'll also say, Oh, yeah, we're not giving you a vacation. That was K Fabe. <laughs> like you're not really getting that. Um, this mixed tag match, you know, it was what it was. Did we we breezed right through Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio segment where Rey attacked him with the chairs and he oh, that's right and he didn't and he and he cut the chair. So they're getting the chairs match. That's the yes. that's the thing. They've okay. Um, how do you? I'll, I'll just kind of throw it at you guys. How do you most successfully make a chairs match interesting? Because, like, historically... Lazy boys. Lazy, bigger chairs, different chairs, maybe an electric chair, right? You get thrown in a chair strapped. That's a match that's happened in the past. Wheelchair. Wheel, wheelchair, right? You get to put them in the wheelchair. Isn't that... It's kind of like a stretcher match. You push yeah, absolutely. Line, put, knock them out, put them in the wheelchair, push them over the line. Done. Booked. That's stakes. There's something. I don't get these matches. That's all I wanted to say. Remember when they were doing tables, ladders, and chairs, and stairs? I'm glad they dropped the end stairs. I'm not going to lie. That was dumb, and I loved it. That was Rowan versus Big Show, and they made a wall of stairs, and they <laughs> threw each other through it. It was great. I mean, the chairs match, I feels like, I feel like is sort of the, the redhead stepchild of TLC. Everyone loves well, tables. Everyone loves ladders. But chairs? Well, especially when when you know, I mean, every, every, the spot that everybody traditionally in wrestling when they see with chairs, you hit somebody in the head with it, and WWE doesn't allow that. So, I mean, I think you know, and now uh, I think the psychology of a chairs match. I think the best thing you can do with the psychology of a chairs match is to, I, in my opinion, uh, if you're not allowed to hit in the head, is then to creative ways you can use it on a body part. So, attaching to an arm, attaching to a leg, you know, work, trying to work a body part, utilize it. You know, uh, you know, I think that's the most creative thing you can do. Um, Mm-hmm. It, you know, with with not being able to do the brutal headshots. I like yeah. when they build the chair sculpture and they just kind of like stack it in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I also like that. Um, sometimes I think they've done chairs matches where they like hang a chair on a pole. I'm pretty sure that's been a way that it's done in the past. Like if you can get to the chair first, you can use it. That maybe we'll see that on Sunday. See, pull me, see, dub. I'm sorry. See, I I hate that because my thought is <laughs> you could just you. So if it takes the one person, I don't know, however long to get up the pole, you could probably just step out the ring and grab the ring announcer's chair faster. Yeah. Or grab one under the ring or something. I don't know. It's not like it's the only, you know, there's, it's not, there's never one chair. So I just, um, yeah, I just wanted you know, to when, 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 Well, you know, when, when Russo would put ridiculous things on a pole, um, there was usually only one of those items on a pole in the building. So it was relevant. But a chair on a pole, there's a million chairs everywhere. Yeah, but somebody in the audience. Those chairs are off limits, right? This is the only legal chair. The sanctioned chair. There's no, there's no DQ. So how are you going to disqualify some for somebody from using uh, uh, the wrong chair? Let's change the rules. You can get DQ'd if you use the wrong chair, but you can use the right chair, right? It's got to be rules. This isn't Vietnam, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> You're missing your calling, Nick. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, Becky Lynch cut a promo backstage. Talk about what's going to happen when the man comes around on Sunday. They're really going all in on this man thing. I just, I don't get it. 
I love Becky, but what's that get? I just think it's, I don't know. We were, my wife and I were talking about this. We're just like, I, we really like Becky. We think last kicker was great. Bad last, all that stuff. You the man. Like you like, no, that's... no. Actually, you know, that, uh, anecdote, my last kicker shirt is what got me this job on the wrestling Inc podcast. Cool. I yes. was, uh, talking to Raj Geary about ad placements on wrestling Inc through my ad agency. And then I mentioned uh, we were talking about uh, something about wrestling and merch. And I was mentioning that, uh, yeah, I've got this last kicker shirt. I can't wear it in public anywhere. And I went on this little rift about it. And he was like, hey, do you want to be a guest on the podcast? And I was, well, hey, do you want to host the podcast? And to wit, right? Like the man shirt, I feel like you can wear in public and, and not get that side eye. It's true. It's like the Bullet Club shirt. People want to talk to you about gun control when you wear that in California. It's true. That's true. That yeah, is true. Yeah, you can't wear that anywhere. Except yeah. to wrestling events. My favorite one time I saw a guy in a, a burn it down shirt and I was like, oh, cool Seth Rollins shirt. And his girlfriend was like, you told me that wasn't a wrestling shirt. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, could, I, could, I can give you one. I can remember being about uh, 11 years old, 11 or 12 years old. And <laughs> this is how dumb I was. I'm not even thinking. I was, I was probably 12 years old and I got ready to walk out the house in a Dudley Boys shirt. And my dad goes, you can't wear that to school. I'm like, why? I'm like, it just says like 3D. He goes, Justin, on the back it says, we got wood. You can't wear that to school. <laughs> I was like middle school. I was like, oh. <laughs> I think there was, like, there was a, well, there's the eight, there, there's some great classic shirts. APA's Pounding Ass. That's a great shirt. Yeah. Um, and Tristratus's Blow Me is also another one that just will never probably get run again. What about, what about Big Show with the Arrow? Uh, yeah, true, Little. but. Yeah, uh, I can see that one off limits. There's some great ones from the Attitude Era where, who cares? I call them cruise shirts now. Those are the shirts you wear on a cruise deck. <laughs> I only saw one wrestling shirt on my entire cruise, and uh, it was a Bullet Club shirt somebody was wearing. Uh, my dream one day is to take a cruise and wear that John Cena United States Championship shirt where it's like the champ is here. With the <laughs> yeah, maybe on Carnival, you know, no higher class cruise line. <laughs> Just a big thing of <laughs> cocktail. Oh my god! So, so can we get back to the origin of this? <laughs> you actually think the last kicker is better than the man as a gimmick? Um, I think it's more clever. I think the man is just kind of clever. It's like the worst PG pun ever. <laughs> oh, last kicker! <laughs> you see what it rhymes with? <laughs> That's true. And I am I am a fan of stupid wordplay. I say if you winked, then you didn't miss it, which is awful pl- wordplay. But I'm behind it. Um, I, yeah, I agree. Last kicker, it, 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 you know, it's kind of the man though. It has significance. You stole it from Ric Flair's daughter. You're repurposing it in the era of the women's revolution. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot going it's on. A thinker. It's yeah, a it just, thinker. It makes me think of the anthrax song. I'm the man all the time, which I love. You are alone in that. Nobody else love anthrax. anthrax Both the toxic chemical and the band. Nobody's thinking about that. Except you. I don't know. But I guarantee. Uh, never mind. So, here's my question: ahead. If Becky loses the title, will she still use the man as the gimmick? Yes, because the man will be. Yeah, she'll. She, she's. Yeah. The man comes around to be the man. You got to beat the man. I mean, there's many different avenues she has not fully explored yet. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's just the merchandise is so lazy. What the merchandise just literally says the man on a shirt. Yeah, Steve like, Austin just gets a black shirt with a skull on it. It was stupid. It had a biblical John three eight, Austin three sixteen big letters. Couldn't find more creative letter. Just bold font. <laughs> I like a little more in a shirt I pay thirty dollars for. That's all I'm saying. Whatever. So you know, like the Funkasaurus, he had a caricature, like him doing the little thing. You know, so wait, that so, took effort. So you got your 30 bucks out of having last kicker, walking around with last kicker. I I went out of my way. I had to order from overseas the limited edition Irish print one with the Irish flag colors because they sold out of it in the U.S. Okay. I had to order it from WWE shop in Europe. Right. I, I, yeah, I really love that shirt. That's one of my favorite wrestling shirts of the modern era. Good. Well, that's a different kind. of. That's very specific. You went out and found something unique. It's still not the man is still a better moniker for her, but that's a nice shirt you have. Yeah, it's good. International. It's good yeah, absolutely. Um. Anyhow, this is all more interesting, folks, than the Rusev Jeff Hardy versus Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura match. I agree. Uh, although Shinsuke's uh, blue jumpsuit. 
very, very hot looking. Yeah, I mean, this is really just kind of a look at, you know, the U.S. title picture, right? I mean, these are your guys that you're going to be rolling with, I would imagine, going into WrestleMania. They're all going to kind of be in this position. So this is a chance to kind of see them on display, and I'm sure we'll see, you know, again, we talked SmackDown 6, your core group of guys, your workhorses. This was them going out there and, you know, putting on a bout. That was it, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Rusev won. Big -hmm. jumping kick. Crush. Yes. After that, Lana and Rusev celebrated the Rusev Day chance. Oh, my God. They're still sleeping on this. I just want Aiden just to pretend like the breakup never happened. Well, but he did pin the champ here, right? Which puts puts Rusev in, you know, he's been chasing that title, too. And he's getting, you know, more uh, vicious. That's the title match at at TLC this weekend, right? Rusev Nakamura? Is it? I think so. I thought so. It sounds like it. I think I believe it is. I don't know. Uh, I should just keep the TLC card in front of me here right now. Oh, so Rusev totally is not winning if he won. That's what I said earlier. We were talking about the algorithm. I said we could apply it to Rusev. We could apply it to Asuka here in a minute at the end. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I okay, guess- wait, guys. The finals of the Mixed Match Challenger are Truth and Car- Carmella versus Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox. Like, really? You think R Truth and Carmella aren't winning that? I mean, look, gender's a world champion, former world champion. Our truth had his shot at capital punishment, and he blew it. Mm. Um, I'm not seeing Rusev and Nakamura on this card. Yeah, I'm not either. Wait, let's see here. I've got matches. There's a lot of matches here. Are they not doing the U.S. title match at TLC? Wow, that's so WWE to do that. It's not on. It's not on the pre-show. It's nowhere, man. There's no U.S. title match. This was literally just a showcase for these guys. I don't see Jeff on this. I don't see, yeah, I don't see Rusev. Wow, Rusev's not even on it. This is a this is a kind of bizarre card now that I'm looking at it. Huh. Elias and Lashley is a ladder match? Yeah. For what? Are they going to hang Leo Rush above the ring? Guitar. Guitar. <laughs> but they should hang Leo. That would be uh, just dangle him, you know, like, in I a like cage. We, I like how we just went off for like 10 minutes about how stupid it was to hang a chair in the corner, but yet they're going to hang a guitar over the ring and there's not like a million... Because it's- because it's the only guitar in the building. I swear to God, if I could reach through the screen right now, I'd slap you in the face. No, it's like it's the same argument we just had. What right? are you going to do, Nick? You're going to kick my ass? Huh? <laughs> huh? And you want my heart back. Here's <laughs> what they should do is Elias should get the guitar and then uh, put Leo dangling, but like a wedgie, like hooks it into his underwear. And then Leo's like getting a big mass atomic wedgie above the ring. They pull that shark cage out regularly now. Put Leo in there, and if Bobby can climb up the ladder, unlock it, and Leo can come down, he can be a part of the match. That's far more interesting to me than a guitar hanging above the ring. It's always weird when they hang a person in a cage. Yeah, it is. But, I mean, at least it would have some purpose here. Like another man joining you in the ring to make it two-on-one. That stakes. A guitar, like we just... Ad nauseum went on is just a weapon hanging above or in the corner of a ring in a no DQ match where you can use a ladder, which is far more. I mean, unless you were going to like mobster style, take a guitar string and like choke a man and like kill him. That's terrifying. But uh, but no, the ladder, the ladder itself is far more imposing than the guitar. Leo wouldn't even have to try to squeeze out of that cage. Tiny bars, tinier bars. (laughs) Bars. They get a tinier cage to scale. You could do some chicken wire around the outside of it. Yeah, that'd yeah. work. Um, but anyway, uh, I really thought these two were having a title match. Um, I'm kind of disappointed to see that they're not, and especially looking at this card right now and seeing some seeing some spots here where I could see them easily being being fit in here. So maybe it'll get added. You know? Yeah, yeah, because we need 13 matches. Let's just do WrestleMania. TLC. <laughs> it's last pay per view of the year. Got to get it all in. Uh, Shane was backstage kissing up, uh, or no, was kissing up to Shane backstage. Shane walked off. See what happens there. Coming soon, vignette for Lars Sullivan. I'm assuming he debuts after TLC, probably on Raw, maybe SmackDown. Who knows? Video package AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan. Um, AJ cut a promo backstage about how aggressive he needs to be to beat Daniel on Sunday, get his title back. Who do you think retains in that, Justin? Well, I think Dana Bryan will retain. I think he holds on to the title. Yeah, and you and you skipped over that there was animosity here between Shane and Miz, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, 
Shane just wasn't having it. Yeah, well, uh, you know, Miz is just trying to be his friend here, and uh, I think we're getting closer to the to whatever this is. I think it's going to be a double turn. I do. I think they're going to try to frame Miz as the good guy and Shane as the bad guy here at some point. It's possible. Anyway, I had to People point love that Shane, out. though. People love Shane McMahon. <laughs> I don't know. I, I My girlfriend does not like Shane McMahon. Well, why? It. He just kind of gives her like a midlife crisis kind of – uh, dude vibe that she does not dig. It's got that sort of like aging Tony Danza quality about him. Yeah, it's like, uh, Dad, you can't dance. I don't want you at my party. Please leave the basement kind of vibe is what I generally kind of get from Shane McMahon as he's getting older. Hmm. He's uh, the exact, I think the exact phrase was, he's the kind of dad that would tell me one of my friends was filling out nicely. <laughs> 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 I don't get that vibe from him at all. Just telling you. So <laughs> that's very specific, Nick. It's very specific. I have a We're feeling. That I have a feeling that your girlfriend is. It's trying to work out some issues that she's had. Well, we're launching, a, we're launching a podcast here, a wrestling podcast, my wrestling girlfriend. So you're going to get more of this uh, in, inside banter about her thoughts on the world of wrestling. Very is excited. that the name of the podcast? My Wrestling Girlfriend? My Wrestling Girlfriend, yeah. That is a solid name for the podcast. Thank you, yes. We'll, we'll have to toss some Bluetooth ads on there. Yes. I. Uh, yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll talk more about it here in the coming weeks. We haven't quite launched it. There, There is a website you can look at, but it's we're not, we're not at press release point yet. I think that's a fantastic idea. Um, So AJ, yeah, is going to get aggressive, beat Daniel. This match is not going to close the show, I'm predicting. But uh, it'll be good. Sure, it'll be good. Yeah. Can I I say real quick, my wrestling girlfriend thing I forgot. I got to put over. She tweeted from the account, and it's Renee's top tweet right now. She tweeted about Renee Young, and my my girlfriend and Renee are already on on the same page. She'd be upset if I didn't say the nice thing. It's all downhill from here. Yeah. Uh, not a TLC match, Daniel and AJ Styles. <clears throat> yeah. Oscar versus Charlotte Flair, the WrestleMania rematch. Becky sitting ringside watching, not on commentary. What's up with that? Um, Probably better she wasn't. The same thing we talked about last week when, you know, sometimes the commentary can overshadow the match. True, true. Point taken. Um, this match, very competitive, but uh, ended up going to DQ. Charlotte got that kendo stick. Chaos erupted. She almost hit uh, the announce table with it. You know what? I think instead of in the TLC match, instead of hanging that women's title over the ring, we should hang a kendo stick. You know, I think that would make this uh, the stakes far higher here. Uh, no, all, all kidding aside, this was hot ending to this show. This was great. Asuka came across like a complete ass kicker. Um, and yeah, Last the fact- kicker. Shut up, <laughs> the fact that she was standing tall, the algorithm would say doesn't uh, would, would would not weigh in her favor. But I think with Asuka, if she's going to win, she is the least dominant of the three personas in recent months. I think showing her in this light before a title win would actually make her return the next week on, on SmackDown more meaningful and would help elevate her a little bit more to the level of what Becky and Charlotte are doing right now. So if that's the plan, I, I, I think it's fine. So it was a good match. All in all. Looking forward to Sunday. I feel like they maybe gave, gave too much away in this match. No, there was a lot. It, it was, yeah, but I mean, you, you figure if you're, you're building something as a WrestleMania <clears throat> match, you've you, you got to give it a little bit of, of meat to it. But, I, you know, I, in no danger of giving too much away because, you know, it's going to be a whole different match once you add the, the, the weapons in there, once you add Becky Lynch in there physically. So, yeah, I mean, I, I could see Nick's point. You know, I mean, Oscar, somebody you can make a case for to where she needs to have this week. Plus, then that sets up the title win. Uh, I still, I, I, I don't, I still just don't see the title going on. I still, you know, if I had to make a prediction, I'm probably leaning towards Charlotte here. And then Becky goes back on the chase, Rumble, Ronda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could go I, any way. Yeah, it, the characters are very well defined, though. And, uh, yeah, it's just going to be interesting to watch how these three kind of, you know, weave their way into mania because I find it hard to believe that at some point Ronda Rousey from Raw isn't going to get involved in what's going on with with Becky and, and possibly even Charlotte as well. So again, not that Asuka is being left out in the cold. I, I do see this very much as a chance for Asuka to reinvigorate herself, make herself another top performer in the division and make whatever feud she has next with whoever it is in the, in the tank uh, all the more interesting. Yeah, so uh, Becky got physical in this. 
in this match. So it's very clear she's cleared. She's uh, going to be competing on Sunday. And this is anyone's. I mean, Asuka was standing tall at the end of this, but I think this is anyone's match on Sunday. So all in all, an interesting episode of SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Man, I just it's tough for SmackDown to have a bad episode, but they more often than not have uh, pretty good ones as of late. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, I agree. This is a good it was better, it was a better go home episode than Raw was, right? Oh Jesus. Speaking of which, Raw uh, ratings hit another new historic low. I feel like that's just the headline every week. Nick, for wrestling inc, just have that article queued up. And, you know, and, and, and look, I've done a lot of podcasts with people who will tell you ratings don't matter. There's other things to look at. There's definitely a lull in the product right now. I do. I was kind of sitting there as I was brushing my teeth this morning, which is when a lot of people do their deepest thinking. Uh, it does <laughs> It does kind of feel like there are a lot of promotions right now that are loading the gun with bullets for January 1st. I feel like there's a lot of people that there's going to be a land rush. You're going to want to have the biggest announcement. You're going to want to have some big talent debuting. You're going to want to have some deal whatever it is, but there's a lot of people that are going to be announcing things the first week of January. And I almost wonder if they're not holding their cards a little to their chest right now so that they can't themselves assert themselves when a lot of this stuff comes along. That could just be me speculating. I mean, I know they're going to do two, two weeks of pre-taped shows between uh, Christmas and, and New Year's, but if it, it, that's, that's the line of thought that I've, I'm starting to think with a couple of these promotions. I think they're all just waiting for that January 1st and keeping some bullets in the, in the gun. Yeah, we shall see. Um, Rhino says he's not retired. He's going to be fulfilling his WWE live requirements December and January. Doesn't know what he'll do after that, but he will wrestle uh, wrestling Inc reporting. The plans are to move Rhino back to SmackDown. I was surprised by this. Yeah. Justin, were you caught off guard that he's not actually retiring? Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I was more more so. I, I, you know, maybe I could have seen if his if his double, or I'm more surprised that, that WWE still I guess has more plans because I could have seen okay him retiring and him finish out his dates with WWE, and then you know maybe you know we've talked about obviously he has other things going on in his life you know you know maybe, maybe he works some indie dates when he wants to I could still I could have seen that I, you know um, he's still young enough and healthy enough where I could see him still wanting to you know do it for fun when he wants to. Uh, but yeah, for the fact that uh, apparently WWE is going to move to another brand, and you know, I mean, I, I, you know, he'll probably just be a serviceable, good hand for that, you know, that brand and that uh, live event tour. Um, you know, I guess he, I mean, he must have more on his contract, and they're going to keep him around. Uh, so I almost surprised, but not bad. I almost wonder if the, there was not some kind of con. I mean, obviously his contract's coming up in January, right? If the retirement rumors were out there that he could be leaving. And like you said, WWE likes to keep some experienced hands that can help with these tours and always go out there and get a reaction and, and put together a big match. I don't want to say Rhino was maybe playing the press to get a better deal, but you know, if you line the timelines up, uh, you know, you you don't see announcements like this WWE exclusives where these guys candidly address their contract negotiations. Felt a little odd to me. I just was wondering what was going on maybe here in the past week between him and him in the front office. Hmm. It'd, be, it'd be as a businessman it'd be smart by him if that's if, if that's how he played it yeah I, I agree like hey everybody thinks i'm retiring right why why contact anybody why tweet that that's not the case until you've got a new contract signed you know i could very easily see mark cron or something <clears throat> hey wait are you done we thought we had two more years to do it he's like oh that's news to me <laughs> nobody said that to me you know so who knows yeah uh finn balor pwi reporting finn balor is not out with injury he's out with illness um they're saying on tv that mcintyre injured him but it'll be good to go at TLC. He left the South American tour last week after the Wednesday show in Chile, and he's been replaced by Apollo Cruz in the Mixed Match Challenge, teaming with Bailey. So I think it's good keeping Finn out, but do you think there's any way in hell he's winning that match on Sunday? Well, he's he's not really out with injuries, he's out with illness, yes. right? So, so I don't, and that's for PW Insider. I don't really know what's going on here, how sick he is. I mean, that's over a week to recover, but, you know, I guess depends how bad it is. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not looking forward to this match because I don't think Finn's going to look good in it. Um, I don't know. Finn and Drew have good good chemistry traditionally. I'm sure if he's capable of going, they'll they'll probably go out there and have a good match. It's just a really stacked card. I mean, I liked. I mean, Takeover was what five matches and one was a squash. I was like, this is the greatest show I've seen in forever. So like, I'm not. I'm a little. I'm more intimidated by the the stack of the card than this this one match in particular. If these guys were given time, they'd they'd go out there and do fine. Yeah, we're not going to get the demon on Sunday. Mm-hmm. No. 
Uh, Ring of Honor, final battle time changed to 8 p.m. Eastern an hour earlier, also be four hours long. MLW Fusion will go live on Bell and Sports at 8 p.m. Eastern. It will be two hours long. Um, and this is all, yeah. It's exactly. It's BN. It's BN Sports. BN. Oh, yeah. weird. Why was it? It looks like Bell. Capital I, folks. Still looks like a lowercase L. Yeah, so because sorry. if I had done the lowercase I, I'd been like Bane. Um, this is, I put this on the run sheet here only because it's really interesting. I think that Ring of Honor, I don't know if they changed it directly to go head to head with MLW, but you're going to have a two hour period on Friday night where MLW is live on BN and streaming online, I'm sure. Uh, and Ring of Honor is going to be on pay per view and, and streaming for Honor Club. It's not the Monday Night Wars, but it's certainly interesting how, how much, how crowded the space is going to be on Friday night. And uh, I would also like to point out, and I see Justin nodding his head. I definitely want to hear what you think about this, Justin. But I do think that it is interesting that uh, Brody King, PCO, uh, I don't know about Brody, definitely PCO. Uh, PCO was a guy that was on MLW. I, MLW had signed a contract with him. He, he was somebody they were building around. ROH took him away. Uh, and now they're going straight up with MLW. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if they feel like MLW could be becoming competition. Just an interesting move that they would be so heavy-handed to move their time change like that, I think. The entire situation scenario uh, is very healthy for the business. This is, this, hmm. this, is a, this is really, really, you know, it's, yeah, it's not Monday night. It's not WWF versus WCW on primetime on Monday night. But this, uh, as we're talking about everybody loading their gun for January and everybody's ready to pounce on the new, uh, just it's kind of the new landscape that is with pro wrestling, with both distribution and with starting to work together and with, you know, some decline in WWE's numbers, um, a move like this with these two promotions, this is this screams a lot of health, and um, yes, it, it's, it's good. Yes, very, very healthy. I agree with that, and just cool to see. Um, and uh, we are going to do on the site and here on the YouTube channel, we are going to do an ROH final battle post show to be me and Michael Weissman. I'm working on getting Joey G, who's going to be doing our final our, our MLW Fusion recap to bring him on the show. So maybe we could do a double post show kind of compare notes about what happened on fusion versus what happened on final battle. So I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. I encourage you guys to, uh, to tune in and we'll find out what's going down here. I, guns in the barrel, my friend, this is the story that got me thinking that. Cause I was like ring of honor, January 1st, we have announcements, AEW January 1st, MLW. I know he's got stuff in the tank. What is WWE impact? I know it's stuff in the tank for January one. What's WWE holding back on. That's what I'm wondering. We shall see. It'll be here before we know it. Uh, Ring of Age. <laughs> Ring of Age. <laughs> Ring of Honor. Final battle post show with Nick Hausman and uh, guest to be determined. Michael Weissman. There we go. Uh, we will have the TLC post show on Sunday here on Wrestling Inc. And the Winkley, Johnny Impact, Just Incredible, Flip Gordon, Matt Hardy, and Glacier. Stack yeah, lineup coming up. I love that. Murderer's Row. Glacier made it for me. <sighs> so, Nick. This isn't on the rundown, but I uh, got to call this out. This weekend, I say to my wife when we're trying to find something to watch, I said, I've got it. You're going to love this. I've never seen this before. A movie where Henry Winkler plays a professional wrestler. I saw the poster behind Nick for the one and only on the podcast. Have you watched this movie recently, Nick? Glenn, I feel like I, I feel bad. I've, I've Now I have to watch it today. I've never seen it. What? Uh, I, I have the poster. The re- here, here's the thing is there's a place in Pennsylvania called Bud Carson's Pro Wrestling World. It's now been closed. But this poster was there. My girlfriend and I got a photo with it. We just really liked the poster. Um, but I have I feel terrible. I don't I don't don't spoil it for me. I, we I have, won't. We should try to get Henry Winkler and we could do like a follow up. We absolutely should. Try to do a follow up here. I feel He's supposedly the nicest guy in Hollywood, so he tweeted, I tweeted him one time and I was, it was about the movie and he's like, Oh, I'd love to talk with you about it. And I was like, let's get a drink. And he goes, let's make it an iced tea. And I never heard from him again. And that tweet was like eight months ago. (laughs) It's available on iTunes, available on Amazon. I watched it streaming. Um, I don't want to spoil it. So yes, we'll say, we'll table this discussion next week. Yeah. I'll, I'll have watched it by next week. We can, we can wrap the show, but I'm glad I inspired you to do it. I'm glad somebody noticed it. Um, it's one of my favorite possessions. So yes, I'd heard of it before, and I was like, "This will be a good opportunity to to give it a watch." Uh, uh, surprising in many ways, but uh, yeah, we should get the Fonz 
on the podcast. <laughs> I'm down. I got our cat. Let's get Winkler. There you go. Justin, what do you want to plug before we take this home here? Uh, my podcast, Wrestling Reality. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, wherever, uh, every single week on about Thursday morning. Uh, so check that out. And, of course, uh, leave tomorrow. Myself and Nick Hausman live again at noon uh, sure. talking the news. Sounds good. Nick, what else is coming up? Uh, yeah, I, we already plugged all my stuff. Yeah, the Winkley tomorrow, New Eastern here live. We got all these great interviews. Uh, post-final battle, tune in. And yeah, My Wrestling Girlfriend uh, is not a podcast yet, but uh, we have started to kind of flush it out. And I've got Liz live tweeting Raw and SmackDown as My Wrestling. It's at My Wrestling GF. Uh, it's uh, a girl, a novice wrestling fan, female's take on pro wrestling so uh please enjoy that um and uh, i'm wink rebel that's all i've got are you sounds good at, are you looking at my rest i didn't know if you're looking at the twitter feed you look like overwhelmed oh no sorry i just got an email life just creeps back in immediately when this podcast ends what it's terrible folks end. what an ominous end of the yes show. uh i'm glenn rubenstein follow me on twitter at glenn rubenstein and we'll see you back here next time folks on the wrestling Inc. podcast take care Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big